You're listening to the She Lift Project podcast, a show dedicated to helping women achieve higher levels of success in the workplace. No matter where you are in your career, we want to help you grow. Now here's your host, Cynthia Kirkpatrick, a CPA, CFP, and Senior Financial Advisor at Mineta Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the She Lift Project podcast. I'm Cynthia Kirkpatrick. Happy to have everybody with us today and really happy to have Mish Hancock with us to share her energy, her wisdom, her positivity, and so that everybody knows where that's coming from and what you're doing. You're CEO of 100th Monkey, a digital marketing agency that specializes in, I love this, human-to-human interactions. Yes. (laughs) She's also the co-founder and license holder of TEDx St. Louis. That's really interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about that today. An independently organized TED event, as well as the host of your podcast, Mishmash, Mishmash Podcast. And you focus on guests who, again, I think we'll talk about this, notably kind, and accomplishing important work in the world. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Cynthia. And I'll say, blessed to have people in our lives because last minute we made a change and you (laughs) stepped in and again. it worked out. The universe was working with us. The universe, right? Put it out there, trust. We were (laughs) just talking about that trust. Put positive energy and it comes out to you. Uh, So we talked about your CEO of 100th Monkey Marketing Agency what i've got two questions here one we'll talk about what a digital market marketing agency is but where the name come from hundredth monkey that sounds interesting oh it is this is a great story okay so there actually is something called the hundredth monkey phenomenon and um the story goes that there were a group of scientists they were studying a colony of monkeys on this little island in japan and they were throwing sweet potatoes out to the monkeys well, the mon- these sweet potatoes would get covered in sand. And one day, one of the monkeys was like, ew, <laughs> I've got a better idea. So the monkey took the uh, sweet potato over to a stream, washed off all the sand. And the other monkeys were like, that looks like a really good idea. And the scientist said by the hundredth monkey, it became the new behavior, the new way of doing things. So when I started my company, we were really focused on social media marketing. And I thought, you know, that's what social media is. It's going to become the new way of doing things. And it made sense. So there you go. Hundredth monkey. And how long has your marketing agency been around? Uh, 13 years now. So if we've rewind back 13 years you're probably right i mean the iphones you know just about that old i'm sure that was very forward thinking well and it was here we are in the midwest and in the midwest social media still hadn't really you know it was it was there and people were using it for personal reasons but it hadn't hadn't really crossed into the business world here yet so um I was running around telling people I was doing social media marketing and the feeling I got from a lot of folks were like, do you seem really nice and cute, but oh my gosh, do I have to do another marketing thing? <laughs> so, but I, you know, but um, but when it came time, when people started really seeing that, wow, we're gonna, we're gonna need to go there. Um, I was a wonderful bridge in the sense that most of my clients were older and we're really confused by this whole thing we call social media. And since I was around their age, I was a real safe bridge to get over there. And thinking of just the digital marketing that the agency does, what 
Can you explain some of those things? Or for somebody who I know enough about social media, but not enough to go out and say, here's the way to plan a marketing campaign through all the different types of social media. What is it that you help these people do? So it's a huge world. Um, so we're very boutique in our approach because we don't we don't have like, here's our packages and we're gonna fit you into a package. We're more like, what's going on? What do you need to accomplish? And let's figure out how to get there. So in the beginning, it really is an investment because we're, we're figuring out who are you, how are you gonna show up, and then how are people gonna respond to you? What do we need to tweak and change along the way to make it all work? It can be everything from, you know, okay, we're putting together a really good content posting schedule for you, and then we're going to run campaigns for you. What do those campaigns look like? It could be an email campaign that leads to something. It could be um, an advertisement that leads to a landing page, you know, and then of course, within the different businesses, you have to consider their sales cycle. Some sales cycle are, are very quick, you know, I want an apple pie, I'm gonna go buy it. But something that may be thousands of dollars is gonna be a longer sales cycle. So we have to fit into, all right, is the longer sales cycle, we're doing a drip campaign where we're just, you know, little by little leading people down the path, hopefully to become a client. It's really fun. I mean, it sounds confusing to some people. Um, and you know, some people are like, oh, this hurts my head, but that's why you hire a company like mine is we actually think it's so interesting. Let's figure out how to get your people to pay attention to you so that this can lead to your company's growth. But I will tell you over the years, what I've discovered is that marketing is like a detective and marketing starts to show the things that really are not working within your company. So as a result now, we find ourselves often also helping with sales and business development and other, and even within the, um, the, the person that's in charge of the company, sometimes there's some things they need to work on personally that they're bringing to the office that are not helpful for the people that work for them. So it's really become like business therapy at this point. <laughs> I imagine when you entered that, you had no idea that that's where it would lead. Well, no, but it's it's also growth on my own too, you know. So, I don't know that I, when I started Hundredth Monkey, I would have been the best at doing business therapy. But I, over the years, have worked on my own business, worked on my own personal self, where I've gotten to this place. You know, I'm going to be sixty next year, so I'm looking. I'm thinking. I'm wise now. <laughs> I've been through a lot. I've done a lot of things. And I've been really um, very aware over many years of what I needed to work on so that I could show up the way that I should show up. And I, I don't like the word should, that I can show up um, for the people that work with me and for my clients and that I'm seeing now, hey, there's some places where I think we could work on you or your business a bit more to help bring you to this space. Was there an, an instance or a time where that was that aha moment, aha moment where we said, oh, we're just doing marketing, but wow, what they really need is all of this. Yeah, it, it, it really just happened very organically. Um, you know, I would have clients that I'd be working with and then I would say, hey, I've noticed or I think and they'd say, what, well, can you help us with that? Sure can. And then, you know, we would just move into that space. 
and I don't know what to call it. I think you and I were um, talking before this about coaching, and I don't like the word coaching because um, it feels like a space that is just, there's a lot of coaches, and this is a bit more than coaching because it's just really looking at some some very inner levels you know i mean i i i i am at a place of confidence in my life where i feel that i can just say to people hey i'm going to be really transparent with you and i'm going to share something i've noticed and then they they take it or not you know yeah, it's almost like a deeper level of coaching where you think about, this is how I think about it, all these you know, soccer teams, you have the coach mm-hmm. who's strategically figuring out who needs to play where and how we're going to make these plays. But so many of those organizations have brought on, and like the professional organizations have brought on the mindset coaches and yeah. the different trying to do more of that whole transformation versus maybe staying at the su- surface level of what's going on and what do we need to fix versus getting under the why, the hows, the who's, the... It's the maturity of our human race, you know? And so even though you look outside and you think, whoo, what the heck is going on? I mean, one of the things we have to understand is like what is happening with us internally shows up externally. So Mm -hmm. what's going on with each of us internally that this is what the world looks like right now? Um, so I, I have felt for a very long time that it's your duty as a human being to work on yourself so that that starts to be reflected on the outside. And here we are, and it's the way we're going. And so the maturity of our human race, wow, we're getting all kinds of things, but this is where really I'm at right now. Um, the maturity of our human race is work on yourself internally and that is the most amazing beautiful gift that you can give to the rest of the world because you working on you is you working on everyone and you can do that for yourself individually those with you but those businesses more working on them the inside versus just what is being shown how can you know what to show on the outside on the social media if you don't know the values and the energy on the inside and you want it to be aligned right because how many times have we been let down by a company that their messaging was this they told us we're that and then you find out that's not who they are you know and so you want it to be aligned you want the messaging that you're putting out there to show and mirror what ex- what's going on with the organization. So if there's things going on with the organization that need to be addressed, let's address it and heal it and figure it out. And and then it's it's very magical. If you can figure all this out and if you're willing to go there because not everybody likes to be shown their blind spots. I love being shown my blind spots. My team has 100% you see a blind spot, tell me. I want to be shown that because that means that's something I need to work on. Um, not everyone appreciates that, but if they get to a place where they're ready to go there, we would love to help them. And isn't that interesting? I feel like when I'm not that far behind you in age, when we were growing up, you had to look perfect, be perfect, don't admit a blind spot or a mistake. And now we're learning that really that vulnerability and mm-hmm. authenticity is how you propel yourself forward. How did you, one, I assume those you work with probably love hearing that message from you and knowing that they're in that safe place. Right. How'd you build that culture and environment? I Again, I believe it was just organically. You know, it was just, um, 
I've always been really good at being upfront with who I am. This is who I am, you know, and this is what you get. Um, I don't like putting on airs, you know, when people would say, oh, you got to show up this way and be all dressed this way. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not, that's just not how I am, though. And that would feel weird. (laughs) You know, I'm pretty much going to wear hoodies and tennis shoes wherever I go. That's just who I am, which I appreciate, right? You said your dresses, dress how you feel most comfortable for this. You want people to show up authentically. And because I so crave that for myself, I started craving it within others. So those are the people that I would be attracted to. So you, what you mentioned earlier, I wrote it down, is what you do, what's happening with you internally is showing up externally. So yes, yes, working, appreciate that, value that for yourself. And then as you, it becomes more of, I would assume, just the day to day, you're able to bring that externally to those around you. And I think, you know, personally, if, if people would recognize this within themselves, too, I mean, you know, if you're sitting in your house and it's a hot ass mess, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, like, you know, there's stuff everywhere, you know, um, you have to sit and look to, and think to yourself, oh, is this what I look like on the inside? Because this, you know, and so that's why you know, you clean up the place, right? Clean it up, get everything in order, put places where they need to go. And then that can also help you internally. So it's a, it's a beautiful dance. And if we're willing to really look at everything around us, I mean, even with the people you attract in your life, they're a mirror to you. So someone you may attract to your life that you're like, huh, I don't really like this in you. You have to sit back and think, is that in me somewhere? Do I need to heal that within me? Because this is what this person is showing me. To me, it is fascinating. It is just fascinating what we can do. And it makes life so much more interesting than, oh, I'm going to look this certain way so everybody thinks I'm successful. And I'm going to be this certain way so people think I'm really powerful, even though inside I'm crumbling and I'm not feeling powerful. I think it's more interesting to be like, oh, I don't feel powerful. How do I get there? What do I need to do? Right. When Where you is my power? Those walls of I'm, I'm really feeling this, but on the other side of the wall, I'm going to pretend to be this. Right. It shows. It comes through externally, but I think it also that alignment. I've done several presentations on aligning with your core values. It after a while, it's painful yeah. to be out of alignment. Right. And it, and it shows. People know it. How did you, when you said coming to really know your true self, how did that come to be? How did you figure out who is, who really all encompassing is Mish? It's an endless amount of work. It doesn't, it doesn't ever end. I think, you know, as long as you are here on earth, you're working on yourself. Um, Earth school's hard. Earth school is really, really hard. Earth school gives us so many challenges. And, um, you know, it's Earth school is a place where we feel so separated from everything. And so you're kind of like going it alone, you think. You think you're going it alone. But at some point you realize, oh, I'm not going it alone. I'm really connected to everybody. And when you start to feel that connection, beautiful, magical things can happen. But for yourself... Um, I feel like I've been working on myself forever and a lot of it is getting quiet and meditating. So I now, I meditate at least an hour, if not two hours a day, um, which you think, oh, how do you have time for that? Well, part of that I believe is, um, that when you make time for meditation, weirdly, 
you get really organized. And so I feel like I can bend time now. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I can like sit down and, and work for three or four hours and go, oh, I got so much done. I got so much done in like four hours. I never got that much done in four hours. But I believe it's because I'm meditating and it's it, everything just kind of gets organized and magically the things that don't really matter go away and the things that really do matter rise to the top and you pay attention to that. So some people might be listening and saying meditation. I imagine sitting on the floor with crisscross applesauce or one of those weird configurations that I'm not sure my legs can do anymore <laughs> at this age. And I'm just sitting there going, hum. What is, and, but I've heard from others, meditation can be various things. What is meditation for you or how, how should people go about that? Well, it has definitely shifted over the years. Um, but so let me start with beginning because, you know, people like I can't meditate and I get why because I used to do this, too. So you lay down. I, I like laying down, lay down, you get all comfy and you're like, OK, clear my mind. And then all of a sudden, oh, you forgot to call so and so. Oh, you forgot to put this on the grocery list. Like all it's like your brain kind of goes now they got your attention. There's a whole bunch of stuff you forgot, you know. So I had to get to a place of trust where I could take whatever would come into my mind and I would I would just say, I'm going to put that in that cloud over there. So I would put all the stuff that would come into my head, I'll put it in the cloud. And then later on, I'm going to trust the cloud going to let me know what I put in there rather than me hopping up and try to write it down or something. Over the years, it just got to be where now I can lay down, my mind goes clear right away and I just am quiet. And you don't fall asleep. And I don't fall asleep. <laughs> or sometimes I do and I wake up and I meditate more. I mean, sometimes I'll meditate before bed and then I'll fall asleep and I'll wake up at some point in the middle of the night and I'll meditate more. I don't have like the set time I have to do it. Um, it's just I'll feel like I need to, I just need to get quiet for a little bit and go meditate. Now, I live by myself. So that is I will, you know, let's put that out there. I mean, there's no children running around going, Mom, I'm really hungry right now. So there's the difference, which I totally understand. That doesn't um, happen. Uh, yeah, you, you know, kids don't ever really need your attention. So, <laughs> so you know, there is, I am in a space where I can really, really dedicate that time. Um, when there was a child in my life, there were just times I had to try to fit it in as best as possible. But you know, you get to you get to a place where you get to be really quiet and you can say to the people around you, gonna go meditate. Everybody leave me alone for a bit. I'll be back with you, you know. That's great. Share it with the people around you yeah. what you need and are going to do and let them create a safe, sacred place for you to be able to do that. But if you don't share it And what does it teach them? Right? It teaches them that when I get older and I have my own needs, I can I I don't have to be here for everybody else there are times where i got to take care of my own needs um i think it's a beautiful thing for children to learn that parents get to have their own time for needs right we need to teach them young that it's okay to say no i need this or this is uh, my personality and needs are different and it's okay to do it in my way but i think about you know and i've heard other people say that go 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 in our culture you're successful or you know wow i don't know how you get everything done if you're go go going mm -hmm. but at some point <clears throat> you know just like a car if you run in the red too long the car is going to break down right so you have to be able to get back into uh, a normal state 
or a slower state maybe for that vehicle versus always running in the red. And so when people might be listening and say, well, I don't have time for that. I've got all this stuff to do. Like you said, it's more about taking that time, pulling back so that it, it bends time, creates more space. <laughs> well, and it's, it's also a call to um, practice discernment. You know, like what, what do I, what really is going to feed me? What really is my passion? Uh, are you saying yes to a whole bunch of things so you can distract yourself and not get quiet and deal with the hard stuff? But when you are willing to um, feel the pain, for example, because people want to stay away from pain, but really, if you've got something stuck inside of you, you know, you've had some kind of trauma in your life that you have not released, you need to go in there and experience it one more time. Just go experience it again and just get it out and then you're done with it. But a lot of people distract themselves from having to deal with pain when really they're very, they're filled with pain. They just distract themselves from having to deal with it or to honor it or to even say it exists. It's funny to me that physically, if we you know, had a swollen or torn ankle or knee or whatever, we would give ourselves permission to go to the doctor to get it checked out, to you know, do the surgery, the rehab, because we know if we leave it unchecked, uncorrected, we're, it's going to deteriorate. Right. But when we start dealing with the mind or the heart and the soul, it's, I don't know, weak or easy to push off. Right, and it is considered weak, right? Because the strong, the strong thing, what we've, the story we've told ourselves is, well, I dealt with that, you know, I'm done. You know, that happened, but I don't have to, to you know, that's in the past kind of thing. Whereas really, it's not in the past, you're carrying it with you every day. Um, the other thing I think that people need to realize is it's something that may have happened to you when you were a child at five years of age. As an adult, you know, it could be something like, oh, I, I wet my pants when I was, you know, in kindergarten in front of everybody, right? And so now as an adult, you're like, that's so silly. But when you were five years old and that happened to you, that was really traumatic. And so you have to honor that five-year-old you that went through this really painful experience and, and release that emotion around all of it. Don't let it stay all stuck in there because it is, it is creating other issues in your life. It's uh, sometimes my husband and I will talk about these podcasts and say, oh my gosh, it's amazing that that topic came up when it did. This is something over the last few months I've been working on really. And again, a uh, great marriage, three healthy, awesome kids, great life. I love what I do for my career. So things should be fine. Right. Like, I shouldn't have nothing to complain about. Right. <laughs> and, and why would clearly whatever has happened in the past, I'm over because I'm doing well. Right. But it's really helped me go back and say, okay, why today maybe do I, um, when confronted with maybe loudness or um, just, I don't know, criticism, or why do I feel like I go into a shell? Right. Oh, okay. It was, you know, it was safer growing up to not be out there, to not say anything, just to kind of hide off in the corner and not be seen. Right. This is why I'm, I guess, except for this podcast, you know, easier to pull back and retreat and not be seen. 
Yeah. And so that gives you this amazing opportunity, you know, and so if people could put into their awareness of that, I, why do I think this way? I don't like that I think this way. Why do I feel this way? I don't like that I feel this way. That's the very beginning of exploration. Okay, now there's something in me that makes me want to hide. Why do I feel like I want to hide? I've got no reason to hide. That's when you can start working on this, do this inner work that I promise you, it's not easy, but it's so worth it. It's freeing. It's, it's so freeing. Like you've got these rocks and on your back or something, and you can just throw them off. You also, um, you know, you get to a place eventually where you can just like kind of fall back and surrender and know that, you know, I'm going to say the universe. Um, people will say that God, you know, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call that big old power out there. It's that kind of trust is, re it sounds so simple, but it's so hard to get to. But when the more and more you work on it, it, it is amazing. It's just amazing. You can, um, I often think of surrendering, you know, when I start spinning with something. Because I get spinny, everybody gets spinny. And I, you know, and there'd be, there's these things in my world, I'd be like, oh, oh my gosh, I spin with this every time this happens. I'm so much better now at saying, I am not going to spin with this. I'm just going to trust what needs to happen will happen, which is hard because sometimes what's happening, you're, you're going to want to label it as bad. This is bad. <laughs> this is a bad thing. Well, what if you quit labeling things as good or bad? What if you label them as, this is an experience I'm going through right now. And instead of labeling it, I'm going to think to myself, hmm, what am I to learn from this? Do you have one moment that sticks out to you as? Recently, yes, I do. Um, and so I had, I'm going to call it the financial spins. Per talking to you, this is perfect, right? And it, and I didn't have to have financial spins. You know, there'd be times where it'd just be a bill that would come in that I wasn't expecting. I'd be like, oh my gosh, this bill, I didn't expect it. My world might crumble. You know, I mean, I would just get, you know, oh, ah. but you know, it's financial spins. Sometimes there were reasons for the financial spins, but it was so exhausting. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Well, little things started to happen where it was like, the cat got really sick and I had to take the, you know, it's my daughter's cat. I am going to do anything you can imagine to keep this cat healthy. And so I am now spending, wow, that was a big vet bill. And I was like, okay, but I went through it. I am done with those financial spends. Oh no, the universe knew it was not done yet. <laughs> so then another thing happened. Well, finally a big thing happened. Um, we had a client that owes us a lot of money. I don't know if we're going to get paid on it. But what it did for me was, oh, that's the number I needed in order for me to finally get past the financial spins. I had to really sit with that, process it, move through it, get my freak out out of the way, like, oh my gosh, I, you know, of course I'm gonna live, of course I'm gonna be fine. But I had to work through it and it was really tough. But now I'm on the other side of it. Now, the client's not off the hook. 
I'd, I'm not going to be like, oh, everything's fine now. Thanks for my big lesson, client. Learned everything. No, they're not off the hook because there's an imbalance here. I'm still going to pursue that, but I'm no longer in this like just you know feeling devastated and I can't move and oh, what if and oh, blaming everything on it, right? Yeah, you can't ignore the, the feelings because if you ignore them, it's kind of like, I'm not going to think about a pink elephant. Well, what are you thinking about? Right, You're exactly. I can't feel that way and don't shame yourself for feeling that way, but you need to work through it and it takes time and, and practice. I mean, everything we do in life um, and we think again about sports or any or, or band or playing an instrument, whatever it might be, we think of that practice. Well, all of this stuff takes a lot of practice too. Right, and you gotta wonder, you, you know, now that I, I look at it as a dance now and I look at this client and think, wow, what's going on with you? You know, because this client, I would say, has a hell of a lot more money than I do and certainly could afford this, right? So then you're thinking, what is going on with you that you can afford this, but you're going to not pay the people that you owe so that, I don't know, maybe you're keeping up your own um your own status, you know, that like I, I've got to show up this way. I have to have everybody thinking I'm this way. So it's really interesting. And I would love to work with this person as well. I mean, I know I could help them. I can see a lot of things that they need to work on, but I don't know that they're ready. <laughs> well, and that's my, when you said, well, I wonder what's going on with them that would make them, and I thought, wow, that's very big of you to well, be able to come at it that way with curiosity again not that you're going to let them off the hook but curiosity right. maybe a little bit of grace to say what's really underneath it all which sounds like everything you're doing and what is all that internal underneath stuff doing to feed us to this external because you know point? there is right mm -hmm. i mean whenever there's any kind of an imbalance going on there's a, there's a lot at play so what what is at play here um you know there's healing to be done Right, so I, I worked through mine, I healed mine. I'm, I'm hoping he can heal his at some point. And we hadn't really talked about it yet, but we were talking about before the podcast started that working with companies, and yes, we talked about the digital marketing, but you really get in and say, what are your values? What's your message? And then you can often see different places like sales, business development, um, or other things underneath that need help and work with. So you've gone from maybe a niche marketing, and even then maybe social media marketing right. is special niche, to now helping the company grow and develop beyond that. And then what you just mentioned is, then people have started coming to you to say, well, not even coming to you, man, I, this is really a problem. And you're like, well, do you, want, do you want help with that? Do you want me to help you with that? Yeah. I mean, you're doing that now too. Yeah, unadvertised. Yeah, right. I mean, because it's true. I mean, at this at this point, I feel like when someone has a challenge, I totally can help them get through it, whatever it might be, whether it's personal business or both. I, you know, I don't have a certificate or a degree, but I do. It's <laughs> the degree of life and know, earth, right? Yeah, this like, like, you know, it's a higher thing. Um, you know, if, if, if the universe were like, here is your certificate of completion, Miss, you get to go help people. <laughs> but it's that um, I've always felt really called to work on, on things. Like even as even like even in my 20s, I was like, am I supposed to be like this? I don't want to be like this. 
how do I not be like this anymore? This doesn't seem healthy. And then I would really work on it. And um, I don't know why, but I've just always been called to work on myself. And now I feel like I'm in a place where I really do, um, I can help other people, whatever I, they're dealing with. Yes, yeah, so I was sitting here thinking, you know, what's all the money that's spent on, I'm not saying this is wrong, but gyms, personal trainers, um, makeup, hair stuff, anything to make us feel good physically externally. Wow, what could that do if we flipped it on the inside and said it's okay? In fact, that maybe is where you should start. Right, is spending that time, energy, work. It's painful, uh, just like doing new exercises at the gym. It's painful, the muscles, but you right. almost need to you need to tear the muscle apart to build it further, and you kind of have to do that internally. Yeah, I mean, you you do you you have to um, be willing to just crack yourself open which is really hard and it, it does take vulnerability and people have a hard time with vulnerability, but you know, with, and this is a perfect segue into um, what I do at TEDx is, you know, when you think about the TEDx stage, there's a red rug, don't move from that rug, <laughs> stay on that rug speaker. And, um, and there's nothing in front of the speaker. There's no podium. They are right there with the audience. And that is a big part of these uh, talks because these talks are you being, you're giving a gift to the audience. Part of that gift is show, is your vulnerability, which help, helps you connect with the audience. And for people to see that, um, you know, a personal story often comes into play with, uh, with a TED or TEDx talk. And the reason why is because many times the important work that person is doing, there's a story back, there's a personal story back there that caused them to get to this place to say, and then I did this, you know, but sharing that story and that openness is what gets people to want to listen to you. If you get up on a stage and you're like, hello, my name is, and I am great, and I am great, I'm so great and everything's perfect in my life. People are going to be like, well, bully for you, whatever. How does this help me? You know, I'm dealing with all, I mean, I want to hear how you overcame. I want to hear what's the passion behind all of this. So, um, yeah, being willing to show your true self is important. I think that's what launched us into this podcast personally is when I could hear other people's stories or get to those times in their business where there was a challenge or an issue and it was like, oh, I can learn something from this. I can become better from what they shared. That's what, again, this podcast is. We talked early on. It's like, I don't, we don't have questions. We've got a little bit of stuff on a piece of paper, but we'll see how it goes. Right. And it's more about sharing that story and what's unique and important to you that somebody out there is going to connect. But if you don't tear down that wall of who you should be and what you should look like right. and how you should present right. yourself, then um, it's actually, oh my gosh, it's kind of funny. We just did a weird yearbook post for my middle child, her eighth grade year. And, and it's, it's it's I don't know how to even it's crazy funny <laughs> like it's over no one can think like my husband and she's just like him and we had some people questioning like oh is that right is that good and they figured out the joke in the end and thought oh that's hilarious but I will tell you I've been struggling uh, since I heard other people weren't sure they liked it or what judgments they were making of us I've internally mm. struggled a little bit about 
well, my profession and this is who I should be and I need to be liked. And, and their, their opinion of me, as my husband said, in my mind, their opinion of me was more important than my own opinion. And he's like, you're, you're, you have the right to have your own opinion of yourself. So anyway, as yeah. literally last night, we were going through this, so. That is awesome though, and it is hard. I mean, you know, it's like here I am, a woman that has no hair. I've got alopecia, I've had it for a really long time. Um, and I did, I had to go through a really difficult process because I mean, it was like, that you think of the process that people go through when when someone dies, you know, you all the the grief and the various stages of denial and what have you. That's what I went through when I was losing all my hair, and I was like, I can't show up in the world as a woman without hair. Oh my gosh, that's just that that's your crowning glory. You know, hair is a big deal. I can't do this, but. At a certain point, it's like, well, this is what it is. You know, like, what am I going to do? Hide? No. What helped you get through it, or how do you mish today? What would you say to Mish as she's going through that initially? Um, well, I think you do have to go through the grieving process. I think that that is an important step. But um, what happened with me is then I was wearing a wig. And people thought I had fabulous hair that always looked perfect because I was young, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, it just seemed like her hair is always perfect. But I literally woke up one day and I swear I heard a voice that said, you're done with the wig. And I thought, what? Are you kidding? Why? What is it hurting that I'm wearing this wig? But I trusted and so I did not have cute stuff to put on my head like I do now. I had a bandana and I got up that day, heard this and just, and I, and I heard trust, trust, just trust. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So I put a bandana on my head and I was going out that day and seeing a lot of people. Like I was going to the library. I knew all the librarians. I was going to the dry cleaner. I was going, all these different errands that I was running, seeing all these people that see me every week. And my first stop was the library and I walked in and, you know, I could tell the look on their faces was we know her, we don't know her, like something's off, you know. And I'm walking in and the one lady went, Mish? And I went, I broke up with my wig. <laughs> and they were like, we didn't even know you had a wig. We thought you always had perfect hair. I'm like, no, it's $40. I can tell you where to get it if you want one. But it was me. I stopped hiding. Hmm. That's how I looked at it. I was like, you know what? There's no reason to hide. This is who I am. If someone decides I don't want to be her friend because she doesn't have hair, well, what the heck is wrong with you? So, you know, it, it just was me like showing who I really am. We talk with the kids a lot and just others. It's, it's if someone doesn't like you or what you're doing, it's really, as we talked, it's on them and probably coming from them somewhere internally. Yep and you be you now as long as i always say this you know you be you which hopefully means you're a good person and you're well, like yes, obviously right. if like, you're like if you're like a serial killer don't be you right <laughs> let's stop that <laughs> you have a place you need to go you know <laughs> it's not not walking around amongst the people what were overall what were the reactions that you received and were there any surprising ones when you showed up truly you broke no, up with your wig it was it was fine 
it was well received you know it was it was i didn't have any anyone say oh gosh really put the wig back on except for one there was a <laughs> there was actually i was seeing this chiropractor at the time who was like well do you want to walk around that way and i was like I do, and you're no longer going to be my chiropractor because that was a really odd thing to say to me. But um, no, I mean, people were, it was fine. I and, and and to this day, and, you know, and so now, of course, this is something I um, find challenging, right? Because there's a part of me that's like, this is this. And then there's another part of me that's, what is the emotional reason behind what we've this is considered an autoimmune disorder and an autoimmune disorder is the body attacking itself so of course in my head i'm like why am i attacking myself why would i do that and so that's a thing i'm working on right um there's always something to work on right there i don't think we ever do not have something to work on if you're here in the flesh there's things you should be working on and it sounds like it could be overwhelming, but I think the longer you wait to work on it, the more it's going to compress and compact and get worse. Once layers, just it, it's the layers, right? It's just layers and layers and layers. And um, if you're willing to work and and like, but still be at peace, you know. So it's like I'm at peace with this. I'm not, I'm not like freaking out, like oh my god, oh my god, my hair's got to grow, you know. It's more of this is the experience right now. I must. I, I. I feel like I must go through this experience for some reason. It's teaching me lessons. It's teaching other people's lessons. Other people lessons. I'll just keep kind of keep working on it. If I die a bald woman, I'm not going to feel like I've not been successful. Just like oh, I guess I just really had to be that. Well, in the TEDx you rolled into that, and I was glad you did because I knew people are going to be like, wow, oh, yeah. TEDx St. Louis. That's a big one, right? How did that come about? How did you become the the owner or the however you... The co-founder. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm the co-founder along with Steve Summers. Um, and so it was. it really did start with Steve. Steve had read Wired Magazine and there was a TEDx Bo Bozeman, Montana. And he's right. like, well, wait a minute. Do we have this in St. Louis? So we actually started as TEDx Gateway Arch. Um, and then at some point, TEDx, you know, they, they wanted everybody to stick with the city name. And so there was a TEDx St. Louis, but that, that license did come up at one point. And so the TEDx organization asked me to take that. Um, and so now I'm the license holder for TEDx St. Louis. But it really was, I loved TED Talks. I found them to be amazing for a number of reasons. One, they're short. 18 minutes or less. Um, I was always the person that would get the book that, you know, and then get really frustrated that the first half of the book was the history and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I bought this book for this one reason. I would have to go to the middle of the book. I don't want to hear all the other stuff. I want to get to what I want. And that's what a TEDx talk is. It's like very refined. We actually now are asking our speakers to keep them at 10 to 12 minutes. So if you can imagine taking this really big idea and distilling it down into that time frame, it takes a lot longer to put together a TED. Like this is easy. We we can t I can talk for an hour and a half on anything, right? But tell me to talk for ten minutes, every single word becomes very important. So our speakers spend forty to sixty hours uh, preparing 
for the stage. They work with speaker facilitators that really help them to craft that talk. In case anyone is wondering, there is not some magical formula to a TED or TEDx talk. It's more of a vibe, a feeling. And what we're looking for is, do you have an idea worth spreading? Do you have something that makes people sit up in their seats? Um, We do get a lot of motivational, inspirational speakers, and it's really not that. It, it It really is, yes, you're gonna be inspired or motivated by this person, but it's because you're doing something that makes people think differently. So we just had um, one of our our talks that we had that Ted highlighted was from Holly Fan, and it was um, her question was who decides that food is authentic? Hmm. And you may not have thought of that before, but you probably do it. Somebody's gone to a restaurant and like, yeah, but is it authentic? And then what does that do to the the chef? Because now the chef is like am I supposed to only cook what you consider to be authentic food? Or I'm a chef, I'm creative, I might do some things that I wanna do. And so it, it makes you think differently about when I go to a restaurant, am I putting this on this restaurant that it must be authentic or, well, I'm not gonna come here anymore if it's not authentic, right? You know, it's weird. It makes you think differently. So that's what we're looking for. Make, play with my brain. Make me, make mm. me start to like look at things and go, I'll be darn no, I never even thought of that. Or now I'm going to do things this way because I learned that from a talk. Play with my brain. Mm-hmm. I like that. Is that one of your favorite TED Talks or do you have some that stick out in your mind? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Go- in fact, okay, at, our, at our last event, um, we had a talk by Regina Masati, who is out at St. Louis Zoo and she's an expert in wolves. And um, her talk was called Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf? And it was all about, you know, wolves are extremely important to human beings. I mean, they are like, they are very key to a lot of what happens in our environment, and we've demonized them. And, you know, whenever we, it's, you know, the wolves are always the bad, the, the farmers mm-hmm. are, oh, the, we've got to kill the wolves, you know. And in fact, I just sent to Regina, there's a, um, some vaccine or something out there that's like a, a flu vaccine or something that's using the wolf as the bad mean flu coming in you know nice and, and i was like regina here's how you're making me think differently now i'm like why did you have to use a wolf to be the bad that you know why does it have to represent the bad flu you know and so she wanted the audience to see wolves as a very important part of our system, our ecological system, as opposed to this horrible, mean animal running around that just wants to hurt you. That, that's not what they want to do. Right. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, it's it's great. So uh, again, it's um, it's something that just plants something in your brain that now I'm different. I think of wolves in a very different light now than I would have ever before. How often does TEDx hold what does that look like? It's a day of programming and how often? And So we uh, we have two events a year, one in May, which is our innovation event. We have got one in um, coming up at the end of October, and that's our women's event. Mm-hmm. And um, it usually is about three or so hours in length, you know. So you, you come in, you 
uh, we we at times we have something called Innovation Alley, which is just showcasing some cool things in St. Louis, and you watch the talks and you get to hang out with a bunch of really nice, open-minded people because that's our audience. They're 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 curious, they're open-minded, they want to learn more. Uh, it's a, it's just an amazing group of people that show up, and so this is your. Uh, opportunity to experience TED Talks live because most of our talks do end up on TED. We are, we don't, some, every TEDx operates differently. So some TEDx's just, you know, they like somebody's talk and they're like, hey, we like your talk, put it on our stage. It does not necessarily mean it's a TED Talk. And so we really want TED Talks. So that's why we are highly facilitating our speakers. Got it. Yeah, there's. I. It's funny how the universe speaks to you. Just yesterday or over the weekend, somebody at Manetta had shared that the TED Talk coming up. So I was looking. I think my calendar. I can make that work. And here we are. Like somebody there's else canceled. Tickets you. for you, Cynthia. We're talking about that after the podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but you know, wh- the other thing you said there was when you go to TED Talks, you're going there with people who are open-minded, curious, and uh, circles back to a lot of what we said is what energy are you putting out there mm-hmm. you will then attract so by you you know you guys building this program which is truly about play with my brain think about things differently you're attracting those people back yeah, to you right i mean and and i love it i mean those are the people i want to hang out with i want to hang out with people that are you know a lot of what's going on uh, when you see people on our stage that's a person that's changing the world in a significant way that they are doing something that is really amazing and necessary and a lot of times it's something that you didn't even wasn't even on your radar you know and you're like wow i would have never thought of that that's so cool that this person thought of that so uh they're incredible people and they're also people that you know I mean, they're very humble people. They they are very powerful, but but they've got a beautiful balance of their power and their humility, and they they want the best. And their passion is right there to to do something that is to you know, move something forward in that positive way. And I love positivity. I I don't want to be like toxic positivity. You know, like the person that's just you know, blinded to everything and, you know, completely optimistic all the time. But I think that if you're able to um, look at, a, at an issue and either see it in a different light or do something about it, because, you know, that's like an important thing, or at least see like, what is the beauty? What's the, what's that silver lining behind all of this? Like, how, how is this showing us that we need to do something better? And then what are we going to do? What do we, how are we going to heal it? What's just, the lesson in yeah. it for me? What should I be What's learning the, here? You know, and I mean, there's a lot of lessons going on right now in the world. Very difficult, horrible, terrifying things are happening. And, and, and so instead of us pointing fingers and going, they're so terrible, that bad, 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 it's, wow, what's going on with us internally as human beings that this is showing up in front of us? You know, so we don't, we're not off the hook, but the way to, um, the way to heal all that is to start with yourself. And goes back to something you said earlier, that 
I don't know, warm the heart a little bit. It's like, oh, I wonder what that client is going through mm -hmm. that's making them be this way or act this way or, you know, making them why they're showing up the way that they're showing up. Right. What needs to be healed within you? And and just think about like anybody, you know, because of course you're going to deal with people. You're like, oh, <laughs> that person makes me crazy. You know, um, what if instead of being mad at that person, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. What if you went to them and said, can we have a transparent conversation? Because there's this tension mm -hmm. and I don't want tension. Can we talk now? That person may not be response, responsive to it. You can't help that. But at least within you, you feel like, hey, I, I reached out and tried. You know? And that person may be like, oh my gosh, yeah, let's talk about this. What is going on? We, you know, how can we work with each other? How can we get to a place where we're not pissed off at each other all the time? You know, wouldn't that be? so lovely as opposed to I'm going to go home and complain about this person again to my family, <laughs> you know, and your family's like, yeah, 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 I know how they drive you crazy, you know, it's, it's really working with that beauty of that potential of a much more um, beautiful and loving relationship. I think that's the important part of it, right, is it's really difficult. And I think, again, doing a lot of reflecting on growing up, my husband and myself, you were told, you know, don't talk back. Just do what you're told. Just eat all that food. Eat those things. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you like it or not, because I told you to do it. Mm -hmm. In school, sit down, raise your hand. Don't, you know, afraid to make a mistake. And yet, so we put up all these protections and we're told we can't be that way. But really, it's now we're blocked from having those difficult conversations because we don't know how to have them because we were told don't stand up for yourself right and we need to do it and then we we wait so long looking at myself in the mirror we wait so long then it builds up and we get angry and then it just blurts out versus if we would come early with curiosity transparency and really call it out put it out there on the table yeah. i feel like as i wrote it down i feel like there's been some tension Am I perceiving this and right. do it from exactly. a space of like love. from a place of here's what I'm feeling, which you know you that's what you're feeling. That's no one can say you're not feeling that way. Well, no, I am. It's <laughs> 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 my feelings, so I kind of know them. Right. But um, but you brought up something interesting there about the parenting thing too, because you know I I looked at parenting as you know I had been given this gift of this child that that chose me and that I get to sort of, you know, help this beautiful being work through life. So I always, and my daughter's name is Mickey, and I always looked at Mickey as being, you know, I respect this child and I'm, I, I wasn't going to, I was going to allow her to blossom and I was going to support that blossoming. And, you know, so, you know, I think about, I've got a, a fun story that um, I love to share, and it's you know I went I went into her room one day, and she had colored all over the, her table. Now I couldn't get mad at her because she didn't know. I never said, by the way, don't ever color on furniture. Like we, that was not something I said. So I walked in her, and she's like, "Mommy, look!" And I was like, "It's so beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know and so I, I admired the lovely work and then I was like okay but can we talk about something and 
I probably should have told you this, but we probably shouldn't draw on our furniture. And she's like, oh no, I'm like, it's okay. I never shared it with you. So we're gonna keep this as is because it truly is beautiful. But from now on, let's stick with paper. That was it, you know? And you think of how many parents would just get really mad at the kid and the kid's like, what the heck? I thought I did something amazing and you're all mad at me and that just creates confusion. So it was a, a learning experience for her. Don't draw on the furniture, you know? Um, but we do, as parents, I, I so wish parents could just step back and think, what is the most respectful thing I can do for this child right now? Yeah, and I, it, I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, I feel like sometimes what I've learned to be a leader, I learned from being a parent. And would you then, you know, in business, go in and yell at somebody right. because they did something you never told them not to do? So how do we become transparent communicate a lot of what we've been talking about today is communicating yeah like really opening up and really communicating and from a place of love and asking questions and it's so freeing because you're not trying to i'm gonna be this way i'm gonna go in and say this you know you're not you're not creating these scenarios and acting like you have to be a certain way. You know, I've got an amazing business consultant, Josh Levy, and um, and this is one of the things that Josh has, you know, would teach me all the time. And I had a, um, I had a, uh, so my company is Hundredth Monkey. I used to call it Hundredth Monkey Media, and then a gentleman reached out to me with a, really a scary. Um, letter that was basically like i'm taking you yeah monkey media and media monkey i've trademarked it and done and he was like you know oh and i was like oh my gosh and so i called josh i was like oh my gosh josh i don't know what to do i'm really scared this guy you know and i'm like thinking i gotta show up all businesswoman tough lady yeah i'm gonna get my lawyer on you kind of thing and he's like no just just be mish so so I called this gentleman and I was like, hi, I'm Mish and you'd sent me this email and um, okay, so your email really, really freaked me out and um, I'm a little scared right now. That's exactly what I said. And the guy went, oh, I, w I wasn't trying to be a butthead. <laughs> and so we talked about it and I said, I will happily remove media from everything. Um, can you give me a month? Because I know there's gonna be places that it's hidden that I haven't thought about. And then if you see it anywhere, please bring it to my attention and, and I will, and he's like, no, no, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. So I showed up as Mish. I told the truth, you really scared me. And instead of him being all like, I'm gonna take you to court, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, let's work on this together. Let's get this done. Wow, what a great story. So um, it's amazing how we think we have to show up a certain way to be powerful when really we could just be ourselves and get a lot more done. Well, and I'm gonna murder this quote, right? It's everywhere, but. <laughs> oh, good, it, let's, it, do it. It, let's do it. Let's do it. You know what, but if I weren't gonna be me, I, I like would just, it. I, I wouldn't like say it. it unless I had it perfect, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. But you know, it's, it's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote of you can't you know snuff out the dark with more dark it takes light to you know overcome the dark and i think maybe we've forgotten that yeah. or 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 it's easy 
it's easy to go, gosh, all these revelations when we're speaking here, it's easy to stay with the dark because the hard work is going internally and working on the light and, and finding a way to get it to come out. I look at it as we get, um, we get comfortable with our discomfort. You know, it's like the devil we know, right? And so since we know that world, it's really, you know, when, when in all reality, all the cool stuff happens outside of your comfort zone. That's where mm -hmm. all the cool stuff happens. Um, but, you know, what you said about darkness, too, yes, you know, you want to, sh shining the light on the darkness and, and actually dealing with the darkness is important. It really is important. And yes, eventually you want to, you know, you want light to overcome that darkness. You want that darkness to be all light now. That's a lot of what we're working on with ourselves internally is eking out, you know, getting rid of all that dark stuff, but then you got to put something else in there. So you got to put light in there, right? Um, but not being afraid of that darkness, uh, which, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be comfortable. Yes, you're going to feel pain. But what if that was the end of feeling that particular pain? What if you could just be done with it and not spinning, not, you know, not being able to be transparent, not being able to show your true power, not being able to serve that in a way that you know you could serve if you would just be really you. And I think back to, we talked about everything that's going on in the world. I'm sure there are some times where, yes, the militaristic, like hardline approach, unfortunately has to be taken. But if in general, we, this is what you did in that instance, pulled back and said, I'm not gonna get my lawyer and fight back and I'm gonna meet hard with hard, which gets harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. If we dealt with people in a way that was more understanding, real, what are we really feeling there's probably a lot of hardness and pain we could avoid yeah yeah i would love us to get to that place where we no longer are like let's go get our bombs out um you know i mean it's just it's terrible but this is the world that we've created we all had a part in it so when people get upset about the way something is going on it's it's a opportunity for you to look within and say all right what do I need to be working on right now? You know, um, you know, people get really riled up about about things that are going on, and they take action. And we've got activists out there, but you also want those activists to be working on themselves as well. You know, um, because we all know we can run around and yell as loud as we want. It doesn't mean people are going to hear us or change their opinion you don't have that choice the, that person has made the choice of their opinion and what have you but you yourself can work on within just keep working within it's 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 that easy and it's that hard right <laughs> it sounds so simple but you made that sound not. so good it's like right i mean the 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 uh you know the if we want to have life mastery you know you can write it out simply what it's what it could look like but it doesn't mean it's easy to get there well, something I wrote earlier when we were talking about putting ourselves in situations that bring back, you know, who do you want to attract? Make sure you are that. And I thought the whole build it and they will come. 
right? Well, yeah. That, I mean, so, but build it and, and put it out there too, right? Because, um, you know, I mean, I think about this with marketing. I've had so many times I've had inventors come to me with their awesome invention and they have sunk their life savings into this invention, but then they forgot they had to market it and go tell people it exists, you know? So it's like, build it, but then project that, show that, and and then people are gonna show up. You know, you can attract people to you just by really being the person you are and showing that to everyone around you. Then that's where all the lovely people that you wanna hang out with come in. <laughs> and in, in my path over the last few years, what I found is you really need to sit back and what are your values? What What are your passions? Not. And I think sometimes women have a tendency to do this, right? We saw in the magazines and we're told who we should be. Yeah. Mom, model, it's never gonna happen here. You know, different things. But it's not who I am. It's, you know, when I tell people, it's like, wow, I remember my freshman year in high school, this kid, I'm a kid because we were both kids, but he's like, I'm gonna call you Smiley. He's like, because you're always smiling. And I thought along the way, how did I not recognize that or lose that you know that's mm -hmm. what i need to be projecting in the world i love learning and growing and sharing and uh, being positive i love being by myself too you know all of that's okay but getting back to when you're just kicking butt no matter where you're at and you're having a great time with it who are you being yeah and align with those deep core values with everything you're doing in life yeah, it's it, it is. It's it's and and sometimes we don't know who we really are. You have to uncover some things, you know, because there's been a lot projected upon you that, you know, you and it's, it's so confusing, right? I mean, oh my goodness gracious, the 20s. Just what the hell? You know, and so you have this like real all this confusing all this confusing things are happening in your world and then little by little you start to I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. Who am I really? What am I really about? And the, I mean, and, and I feel like that's like how 100th Monkey is, you know? It's like, in the beginning, I was just like, oh, social media is so cool, so fun, wanna do it. Yeah, I love this stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in there and make this business happen. Wow, entrepreneur, whew, that, is, that is a tough go. Um, it is not for everybody. But for me, I felt like becoming an entrepreneur just was it made me be better on every level because it isn't just business it hits you personally mentally emotionally spiritually it's like everything it's like it's you don't need a self-help book just go start a business and be really dedicated to making it <laughs> work um, but the thing about it is that as i've grown over the years i've i've now i'm starting to really know who i am i really get the person I am and look what's happened. I've always felt like I was a healer, but here I went to become a marketer, but here I am now healing through a marketing company. It, it, it ends up happening at some point if you just keep working on it and it doesn't have to look like anything else. It can totally be what you want it to look like. Well, yeah, you're bringing you to the table. And yeah. so if you're different by nature, how you build it is going to be different. Yeah. Which is and, good and okay. And that's okay. You can, you can be, um, you know, uh, my daughter, I've talked to her about, you know, you get to make your life look how you want it to look. Like really decide what, you don't have to go with tradition or what society tells you, you know, 
you can you can make it look how you want it to look which we all go through a time where we i have to be this way because society has told me but boy the sooner you can get out of that and just start building how you want to build you know i mean after so i'm i'm divorced and after my divorce i had to really sit back and go what do i want my life to look like now do i want to pursue a relationship and get married again do i you know what do i really want and it took me a couple of years to really get to this place where i was like no i really i i like living alone but i want a group of i want people that i can be really intimate with that i can like talk through the really tough stuff and and i've attracted those people to my world so i feel so blessed right now i'm like wow and it didn't look like how i how society would have wanted it to, to look because believe me i had friends who were like when are you ready to date i'm like um i don't know that i'm i'm thinking that through you know <laughs> it all looks different than what i expected but it's perfect it's exactly what i needed in my life how my life looks now so it's okay to just really actually do what you feel is best for you best for you try it on get outside your comfort zone despite someone maybe telling you oh that's your cute little girl sure social media will be important one day right 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 well you know and i mean even though i do you know that i i mean i'll i transparency here there are times where i'm like josh i need you to come with me on this particular sales meeting because i just know this person needs a guy in the room (laughs) and um you know that's what we do because sometimes it's hard for people to see through cute little miss exterior that she really knows what the heck she's talking about this woman's got it going on when it comes to marketing if you if you can't see through the exterior sometimes you need to have somebody help them see it so instead of you changing who you are and coming in and wearing a high-powered suit exactly putting a wig back on and showing up as they would expect a good marketer to show up. Mm-hmm. You said, who can I bring along with me as an ally? Yeah, who, who can, can I bring with me that is going to help you see, this is what Mish is, you know? Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And, and even though Josh would be like, oh, just, it's, that just sucks that we have to do this. I'm like, but we do, and that's okay. We have figured this out that sometimes Josh needs to point out to that man over there that Mish really knows what the heck she's doing and they're in good hands and everything's going to be fine and that gosh it gets to the heart of a lot of what we do with this podcast is some people will say well it's all about women or it's just you know oh this is a women feminist complain whatever thing and it's not it's it takes all of us to open up and help each other out whether it's old and young and young and old or you know male female female helping male i mean there's times where i walk into a room with potential clients and i can tell they wanted to connect with a female Mm -hmm. and it's i think it's just breaking down all those barriers of you know you could look at that situation and say well i don't want to work with them what a jerk you know they don't want to see through my personality to see all my skills and abilities or and that might be the case if it was probably too awful well sure but i also think that um 
sometimes you know people again they don't know their own biases Mm -hmm. they 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 they're not even aware of their own biases and so i look at it as okay i'm going to help you understand you know through the good work i do for you the biases you may already have and again we have to look at the business world was built by men um now women are you know women are coming more and more you know to the to the table and so all of us are figuring out now what does business look like now and in all reality um you know i know the female power and it's it's great but what we are striving for is the balance the balance of the masculine and feminine energies that's what we need we don't need one over the other you have an imbalance there's a reason why we we have to not be like oh i'm gonna bash men it's like no men let's figure out how we're going to make this all work and balance this out right your skills in certain arenas will do far better than mine and vice versa so we need each other and i had written down earlier something you said not related to this but it's everything life is a dance yeah it's the push and the pull and the turn here and the throw you across the room one way and you get you back up and at least that's how it is when my husband and i dance together this past weekend you know we have uh in st louis we have the st louis flamenco society and i had this woman on my podcast maricel and she uh they had a they did they had an event this weekend and i got to watch this beautiful flamenco and man you want to see power Flamenco dancing is so just, it's just powerful. It's, you walk out and you're like, I'm going to get some castanets. <laughs> I need to walk around with those in my house right now. It, um, it, it's, it's so beautifully powerful how flamenco shows up. And, and I was thinking, man, I'm going to wake up every day just doing a flamenco dance. <laughs> Are you doing that? You know, oh, I should. I mean, I I went to school in Spain for a year, and we took a flamenco um, dance class one time. And the only thing I remember about it was was pick the apple, eat the apple, and throw it away. And I was like, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I dancing lessons would be in my cards one day in the future, just to become because there's a beauty in that power. Oh yeah, and there's also a beauty and a power in you know softer ballet dancing or i don't know what would be considered softer dancing but yeah but ooh, them ba- that's tough stuff that ba- they make it look all graceful and beautiful but my gosh what that that body goes through to get that it's, so, yeah there's a power and strength and i have never thought of this analogy before but if you think of both styles of dancing one probably looks more powerful but it takes a lot of fluid motions to get it Mm -hmm. the other one probably looks more fluid and soft but the strength and the power that you need underlying to be able to make it come that way on your up on your toes ouch the you know one one style of dance is not worse than the other it just be maybe for that instance that style what seems to come across as softer is better and that style of harder and we all carry our different styles, whether it's gender, age, personality, and the styles aren't necessarily bad or good, but if a ballet, wow, this is really working out in my head, right, as I'm speaking on the thing. I'm listening. I know. Oh, like, this is pretty good. <laughs> that the ballet, you know, a ballet dancer, if they tried to do flamenco, it's not gonna work. Uh, know your power and your passion and get really good at that, and the flamenco, same thing. 
and same as your and personality appreciate and all of it right appreciate what how everybody is coming in and showing who they are and what you know that like this is my gift this is what i can do and how boring would it be if you only saw the same dance all the time oh my gosh Whenever there's people that are like, I want everybody to be like me, I'm like, really? That seems so boring. I mean, don't you want everybody to be different? I mean, that's what makes life so interesting is is that beautiful difference that we get to experience in other people. Like, embrace it, learn from it, be curious about it, which brings me back. I mean, that's why I do TEDx. I'm so curious. I get to meet these amazing people that just satisfy that curiosity of, really, what do you do? Why? How does that work? What an interesting thought. Oh, my gosh, let's make a TED Talk. <laughs> a lot of them probably go, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I There's can't. a lot of people that, I mean, it's on a bucket list for a lot of people. Um, I think that the big thing is, is just really, really understanding what a TED Talk, and Chris Anderson, who is the head of TED, uh, he has a great book about TED Talks, and it's, it's a, I would really recommend people read that before they think they have a TED Talk, because a lot of people really do think they have one, but they don't. Um, and, and a lot of people do think it's the personal story. Again, the personal story comes into play, but it, it may not necessarily be the talk. So, I mean, and again, it might, but far and few between. I mean, there are personal stories that are talks, but it's it's a great book. I mean, if you really have it in your mind that I, I, I believe I have a TED Talk in me, read this book and then spend a lot of time thinking about the big idea because that is what when we hold auditions or we'll we'll do a call for submissions um probably early sometime in january and then we'll audition in march and when that submission comes in it the people that are so concise like within a within a paragraph or two can tell you exactly what their idea is and why it's important those are the people that are going to get called to the audition. Wow, good information. Yeah. And as you mentioned, that's May and October of every year. Mm -hmm. So they could read the book. They could watch videos to see how yeah. good TED Talks yeah. go, if that's something they're interested in. And those tips you just said have a really clear, concise point. And it's, it's yes, there's a personal side, but how are you, personal story, but how are you using that personal story to change thinking, uh, play with our brain? do something positive or growth oriented yeah in that it's way it's fun stuff cynthia <laughs> what a story and and what a so far just life path i'm sure at 20 something you probably had no, no idea. idea no idea um i will tell you that um when when so the way that I was introduced to Steve Summers was through his brother and his brother, Bob, you know, and, and I had seen Ted talks and I kept thinking, I'm, there's something there for me, but I didn't put a story around it. I didn't decide what the, because it would have been easy for easy for me to say, I will be doing a Ted talk one day, um, you know, and that would have like, if I would have just like, that's the goal, that's my aspiration, I could have completely missed that, you know, this was going to come into my world. And Bob called me one day and was like, hey, my brother Steve is thinking about bringing TEDx to St. Louis. And I thought of you. And I'm like, you were supposed to think of me. I was the exact person you were supposed to think of. I knew I would be doing something with this someday. So uh, you're not putting a story around it. Just like 
letting it unfold before you, which is again hard. We have our goals, right? But also be willing to take the detours and, you know, and, and, and then to change the goal to at one point go, oh, that wasn't my goal. Oh, this was my goal. Okay, now I see how this all fits together. So I think it's a great way to come back to think, okay, Mish has so much going on. How do we find her, the marketing <laughs> business? She's doing some, we're not going to call it coaching, uh, maybe personal internal transformation. Ah, helping ooh, with. yeah, thank you. Well, I like it. That'll be my tagline. <laughs> the TED Talk, all of these things. How can people find you to work with you in different ways? Well, I am just about everywhere, but LinkedIn is great. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, there are not a lot of people. I, I mean, it, there's not many people that have the name Mish. So it's, <laughs> I'm pretty easy to find. M-I-C-H, short for Michelle, in case you're wondering. Um, but yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. I mean, that's I love LinkedIn. I do a lot of work on LinkedIn. And I meet a lot of people on LinkedIn. It's where we get most of our businesses from LinkedIn. So it's one of my most favorite platforms. And your podcast is posted on all the different yeah, podcasts. Yeah, um, the podcast is on. So I do it live on Facebook and Instagram, but then we we post it out there on all the different, you know, Spotify and where wherever. I mean, there's like a, there's so many of them now. I can't even remember all of them. Apple, um, but it's called Mishmash. So M I C H M A S H, and um, I, I just really talk to people that are doing kind things, which is so easy for me to find people that do kind things. I'm happy to say so. And that's good that uh, it's a good focus to have. Again, what energy do you want to attract? Put that energy out there. There you go. So much great stuff. I know I've learned a lot and even my brain has worked through so many things already today. Well, so thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing and being so open and vulnerable and you know stepping in at the last minute. And there were just so many great things that came from it. So thank you, Mish. I thank appreciate it. Thank you so much. This concludes another episode of the She Lift Project podcast. To hear more episodes of the show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And to learn more about our mission of helping women reach higher levels of success, visit sheliftproject.com and sign up to receive the latest news, ebooks, videos, and more.